0: How many of you remember the Miss California, or rather the Miss Universe, or the Miss America Contest? Remember those? It's been a while since we've had those. Each year, contestants were asked to state their greatest hope. It was part of the the process of of being evaluated. And the, the hope that they often stated was for world peace. Most people agree with that sentiment, don't they? We all hope for world peace. We get tired of hearing about wars. Um, We get tired of hearing about battles going on within cities and other places. We just want to have peace. For 20 years, 20 years, our nation was at war in the Middle East. That's a a fresh thought that many of us have, because it hasn't been that long ago that we left the Middle East. We became war-weary. We wanted peace. But the people of the lands where we were fighting had experienced war and fighting much longer than we had been there. Imagine how much they wanted peace. And imagine how much they still want peace because they're still not at peace. When I arrived in South Vietnam as a Marine in March of 1967. The U.S. had been fighting there since 1964. But South Vietnam had been at war since 1947, 20 years before I arrived. A generation of Vietnamese grew up only knowing war. Can you imagine that? Your land had been ravaged with one battle after another over 20 years and it would be battling there still until 1974. Imagine how they wanted peace. After a year in South Vietnam I came home for a month, just a break before going back. I had never sat in my father's easy chair. I'd never thought about it. It was never thought in my mind to, to sit in his easy chair. Until then until I came back. And then I did. I wanted peace from the war. I wanted a quiet, safe place. A place of peace. I didn't want to be on alert. I didn't want to be armed. I didn't want to be threatened with the death. I just wanted peace. We can all relate to that in one way or another, can't we? About wanting peace. Because in some way or another, all of our lives have been touched with a lack of peace or with a weariness about hostility. And like those Miss America contestants, we want to see peace. We want peace in our schools instead of shootings and fighting and bullying. We want peace in our nation between people of conflicting political beliefs. We want peace between races and nationalities and religions and different ways of thinking. We want peace in our neighborhoods, not violence or ruined lives and death. We want peace in our workplaces, in our shopping places, in our neighborhoods as a whole, and perhaps above all that. We want peace in our families because we see the effects of families that are torn apart with hostilities of varying kinds and we know the damage that does. Peace is the the opposite of war and hostility and conflict that disrupts life and that leaves us troubled. We do not live long and never well without peace, do we? Peace is the the, the the thing that we feel a need for almost naturally in our lives the opposite or the absence of peace takes a toll on our physical our social our intellectual our mental our emotional and our spiritual lives on every aspect of our lives we don't want to live long without peace it's it's depressive we We just exist, and we become hopeless without peace. Maybe that's why Acts 9.31 says this, after Paul left Jerusalem for Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord." Isn't that interesting? Peace for the church brought strength, encouragement, and growth by the power of the Holy Spirit. If those blessings are from the Holy Spirit, Could they reveal how we have prevented those blessings through our constant bickering in the church? We used to sing a song, Peace, Perfect Peace. It's a song I'd, I'd like to read to you again because I think it's been a long time since we've sung it. Peace, perfect peace, in this dark world of sin, the blood of Jesus whispers, peace. Within. Peace, perfect peace, by thronging duties pressed to do the will of Jesus, this is rest. Peace, perfect peace, with sorrows surging round, on Jesus' bosom naught but calm, is found. It is enough, earth's struggles soon shall cease. And Jesus called us to heaven's perfect peace. I think there are a lot of us who look forward to that time of peace with God. We look forward to that time when we won't have to deal with the struggles of this life. A time when we can just relax in the bosom of Christ and know peace forever. Where do we go, though, for peace? Peace. We know that there have been diplomats forever, it seems like, who've been working toward peace. There's, there's envoys who go from one na- nation or kingdom to another to bring about peace between those nations. And we know that there have been different forms of, of bring about peace. You know, back, back in, in the Old Testament and as well as the New Testament, but particularly in the Old Testament, we find kings would often send their, their daughters to another kingdom to marry a. Uh, the king of another place, or the prince of another place, to bring about peace. We know that there have been efforts during our lifetimes to bring about peace. There was you know, the, the efforts after World War I, the League of Nations, and then the United Nations. And we know that there have been political treaties, and there have been peace conferences, and there has been peace that's been declared between peoples and nations. But none of that has brought about lasting peace, has it? All of our efforts under the best of circumstances and the best of minds and the most humble and devoted people have not brought about peace. That's true peace, that's lasting peace. Because there's always been someone out there who's been an aggressor. Someone who's wanted to, to have a little bit more kind of reminds me of the thing said about John D. Rockefeller one time. He was asked, as a, one of the wealthiest men in America, how much more do you want? And he said, just a little bit more. And it seems like there's always been an aggressor who just wanted a little bit more. Hitler wanted just a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. And so have there been those people existing from before him and into today. Just a little bit more. Kind of like President Putin's efforts in the Ukraine. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. The beginning place of peace is peace with God. We will never experience peace until we turn to God. And we will never have peace until we're at peace with God. Colossians 1, verses 19-20 through says of Christ, For God was pleased to have all the fullness of uh, His fullness dwell in Him, in Christ, and through him, Christ, to reconcile to himself, God, all things, whether on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his, Christ's blood, shed on the cross. Let's think that through again. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ and through Christ to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or things in heaven by making peace through Christ's blood shed on the cross. To reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven. All things. God is the source of all peace. And He's the beginning place of all peace. That's why Ephesians 6 verse 16 calls the Christian faith the gospel of peace. It is the good news of peace. Peace with God, peace from God, and peace because of God. That's why Galatians 5.22 identifies peace as a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Someone has made the astute observation that having peace with God is a result of having a personal relationship with the Prince of Peace. And that's Jesus. Hebrews 12 and verse 14 calls Christians to make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And so as we come to God to have peace with Him, we come to the Holy One. And we're called to be holy in order to have a relationship with Him. And so as we have peace with God, we're to reflect godliness all about us. And holiness is that greatest of all things of God. In 2 Corinthians 13, 11, it calls for us to live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Isn't that amazing? If we live in peace, peace with God and peace with our fellow human beings, then the God of peace will be with us. Psalm 29, 11 reminds us that the Lord blesses His people with peace. And so as we seek peace in whatever kind of setting, however intimate it may be or however length it may be from us, it all begins with God. It all begins with our blessing of God and our relationship with Him. Someone has remarked, having peace with God does not mean there is no crisis or difficult circumstances. It means that in the midst of it all there's a total well-being of your heart. Isn't that true? When we're at peace with God and when we let God's peace take over our whole well-being we have a peace about us in every circumstance. I work part-time, even though I'm retired, um, at CVS drugstores and the one in Concord that's downtown across from the BART station. Our community immediately around the store is a very mixed community. We have several nations and races of people represented our customers. And we have a homeless clientele as well. And we have a fairly high theft rate in our store. It's not all the homeless people that are stealing from us. And occasionally we have times that things get a little bit tense. It would be very easy to be troubled of soul about the thievery and about the tense times about people who are out of their minds because they spent too much time on the street and they become paranoid To just overwhelm you. But I'm not bothered by it because I have peace with God. And that's not to put me up, it's just simply to say that it's just one example of a time and place, a circumstance, that we can have peace with God. In a time of personal stress, the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians 4 and verses 6 and 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Isn't that a wonderful promise to us? Isn't that something that we all want to to get a hold of? Isn't that something that, that we can say, if I turn it over to God, if I really give it to God through prayer, the situation may not change, but I may change in my response to it. We can worry about things that make us anxious, or we can turn it over to God in faith that He can and will deal with it to our blessing. Someone has insightfully written, having the peace of God does not always change the crisis, but it will change the way you respond to it. And I see that every day at work. I see people who are calm about life and those who are just always on edge and responding to every little thing that happens in negative ways. And I think they are not at peace with God. You know, as an elder in the church as well. I see people who are Christians who do not have peace with God. Oh, they're regular church goers. Maybe have been regular church goers for 50 years or more. They believe all the things that we teach. They believe the Bible. But they're not at peace with God. They've not turned it over to God. They don't believe that, that God really can make a difference, not in the situations necessarily, but in us that he can bring peace to you and me, regardless of the situation. When we're at peace with God, we have an inner peace that settles us spiritually. Let me say that again. When we are at peace with God, we have an inner peace that settles us spiritually. It enables us to accept our limitations, our past mistakes, and our forgiven sins because we know that God loves us and will save us if we believe in Him, if we love Him and we obey Him. God will grow us grow peace in us if we allow Him to. And I believe oftentimes we do not allow Him to. We allow the world to overwhelm us, rather than God to envelop us. When we're at peace with God, we have trust and patience in him to answer our prayers in his wisdom, in his ways, and in his time frame. God does not always answer our prayers right now, does he? He's not like a drive through that takes five minutes. He just doesn't work that way. The Bible shows that to us clearly, repeatedly. God works in his time frame because he's in charge, not us. We're at ease about troubles between individuals and groups and nations when we're at peace with God. And how much we need that. I was born in 1947, so I was born you know, when God was a child. Um, and in 1948, the nation of Israel was formed. My entire life has been of stories, of newscasts, of reports of fights between the Palestinians and the Israelis, even to this very day with the war going on. I am war-weary about that situation. It's hard for me to conjure up any kind of real compassion for either side because I'm just tired of hearing about it. But when we're at peace with God, we can be at ease about troubles and nations and between nations and individuals and groups of people. doesn't mean it's changed but it means we've changed. When we have peace with God we have a lack or at least a lower level of worry about our personal troubles. And you know at one time or another and sometimes for a very long time all of us have some kind of personal trouble. You know, when, when we're in middle school and high school, we think things that are happening are, are the end of the world. They're our personal troubles. And to us they're very real and very immediate and overwhelming. And we think they'll it'll just ruin our lives. And sometimes we let those things ruin our lives. But when we're at peace with God, we look at our personal troubles differently because we trust in God. When we have peace with God, we have a greater testimony to believers and non-believers about our faith in God. We cannot really share our faith effectively when we're completely astir about hostilities of varying kinds. When we are at peace with God, we reflect our Lord God greater because He is always, in all ways, at peace. God does not get stirred about hostilities. He doesn't like them. But he doesn't get all stirred about them. And when we have peace with God, we have a greater desire to speak to others about how they too can be at peace with him. Peace with God and all these benefits that it brings gives us a greater joy in life. We cannot have a joyful life if we're astir all the time, upset about all the nations and peoples and groups that are at hostility with one another. There's another song that we once sang um, called "Peace in the Valley." This is a song I remember from childhood, but it's also a song I remember Elvis Presley recording. And it was one of his favorites. And the chorus goes like this. There will be peace in the valley for me someday. There will be peace in the valley for me, O Lord, I pray. There will be no sadness, no sorrow, no trouble, I'll see. There will be peace in the valley for me. I think that's a kind of prayer that the writer of that song must have been thinking through wanting it so desperately. Whatever was astir in his life or her life, that person was seeking peace and knowing that it would only come from God and knowing that a time would come when we would see God, be with God, and have peace forever. Colossians 3.15 says to us, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. May each of us embrace the peace of God and Christ to our blessing, to the blessing of those around us and to the glory of the God of peace. May we live God's peace and seek peace to share it with many people. May we seek to experience God's peace in every aspect of our lives. And may our peace in God be a beacon to the world to see that the only real peace is found in Him.